0: Cultivation of the Wild Woman Podcast, a book study of women who run with the wolves, written by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, recorded and edited by Rachel Prenn and Ben Landis. Cultivation of the Wild Woman Podcast will help you gain wisdom and your own intuition through learning about the wild woman archetype. In each episode, we'll cover a distilled version of each chapter. We'll hear stories that have stood the test of time and an analysis of these stories through the lens of Jungian psychology and how this translates to the modern young woman.
1: Introduction, Singing Over the Bones Who is she? Healthy wolves and healthy women share certain psychic characteristics. Keen sensing, playful spirit, and a heightened capacity for devotion. Wolves and women are relational by nature, inquiring, possessed of great endurance and strength. They are deeply intuitive, intensely concerned with their young, their mates, and their pack. They are experienced in adapting to constantly changing circumstances They are fiercely stalwart and very brave. So why is this quote in here?
0: I think it represents the values in a tribe that is still connected to their intuitive selves. So to be in a tribe that is healthy, you would see this kind of spirit and emotion in the women.
1: So healthy wolves and healthy women share certain psychic characteristics. So it's basically defining what is a healthy woman from, from this perspective. From the perspective of what a healthy wolf and a healthy woman have in common. So it's an, a way to illuminate the aspects of a woman that you could identify to see that she's healthy or as proof or evidence that she's healthy. She would she would have keen sensing, a playful spirit, and a heightened capacity for devotion. She would be um inquiring, possessed of great endurance and strength, intuitive, concerned with her young, her mate, and her pack experienced, to experience in adapting to constantly changing circumstances, you would be able to use this to identify where you're kind of off in your life. Um, so it seems like a good orientation tool.
0: Which is why I consider this to be the Wild Woman Bible, in essence, that it, it has stories in it that you use value systems from the past to articulate what they valued and why and why it's sacred. And so that's the huge theme of this book and the whole intuition is to keep what is supposed to be sacred, sacred. And for some reason when humans aren't in a healthy space and they're not in homeostasis they get confused on what that looks like and it's fuzzy and it's too there's too much smoke you can't see through to the vision of what's true
1: why do young women and women why is this important to hear these values from the past right now what's going on right now that makes this relevant are we in homeostasis As a culture. No, we don't know. We don't know where we are. So we're lost. I need to Google homeostasis. Homeostasis. The the tendency toward a relatively stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, especially as maintained by physiological processes. So we are you're saying that we we are not in homeostasis. We do not have a relatively stable equilibrium in our culture.
0: Allostasis, which is the process by which the bo- the body responds to stressors in order to regain homeostasis. So we're in a time of extreme stress and we haven't been recovering and our stress is our health, and that's the biggest trigger that everyone has right now is you're all inflamed. And so this creates this vicious cycle where we lose our intuition, and we lose this homeostasis. And then we're in allostatic culture instead of a homeo.
1: So instead of homeostatic, which is an equilibrium of interdependent parts, in this case we're kind of talking about the uh, or the homeostasis of the mind we're concerned with the mind we're concerned with the health of the individual not we're not necessarily saying our culture in general is is not i mean as a as a as a nation we're also not in any homeostasis as well but we're not focusing on the large scale we're focusing on how to achieve homeostasis at the level of the individual. So this, the ability to define a healthy wolf and a healthy woman is incredibly important because it gives you an orientation. It gives you the markers to look for. It gives you a set of axioms with which to build your philosophy on. So this is kind of a how to identify a healthy woman, which also helps you uh, identify unhealthy women, because you can identify if you're missing one of these. If you're if you don't feel that your senses are keen, if you don't feel that your spirit is playful, if you don't feel that you have a capacity for devotion. If you don't feel connected to your relationships, if you don't feel like you want to inquire, if you're not curious, uh, if you feel like you're not, you don't have endurance and strength. Um, if you're, if you don't feel connected to any in- source of intuition, if you're not concerned with your, your young, I mean, if you have children. I mean, you 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 probably are concerned with them, but that's kind of that seems like um, it wouldn't apply to as many young people who younger younger people aren't having as many children as they used to, so it's kind of different because the timeline is going to be a little delayed. Like more people are having waiting till their mid twenties to start having young to start having children, but. If you're not concerned with your mate or your pack, then you would be you would be um, you'd be able to tell. Oh, okay. I'm not concerned with these things. I don't feel these things. Then this book is going to help reestablish these qualities in your life. This book is going to help almost as like a roadmap of of wisdom and knowledge that has that has been passed down on how women in the past understood these concepts, understood these traits in themselves, and how they were able to achieve the, the standard of health that has been laid out here in this in this quote from the book. So these, it seems like this is the aim of what the book wants to help turn you into is a healthy woman. And starting out with defining what a healthy woman is, is uh, important. So, and it's also important, I think, to use this as a tool that you repeatedly come back to as, um, as like a source to analyze yourself and compare yourself to are you meeting are you are you measuring up to these standards are you holding yourself accountable to some value if you have no values this is kind of just giving you some that have been successful and that have been tested throughout you know our evolution this is based off of evolutionary psychology jungian psychology so these are values that um, Clarissa Pinkola Estes has de- has determined to be incredibly powerful and worth writing about. So we're going to read about these values and see if these values are something that should be adopted and use. Obviously, you've read the whole book, so you've sort of started to understand some of these values, and um, and so I think this is basically going to be an exploration in this sentence as the whole rest of this is going to support the claims of this sentence, I think. Like you're saying, this quote being at the beginning is like, this is what we're aiming for. These are the characteristics that w- would be considered healthy in a woman. And then the rest of the book and the rest of the podcast basically is, it goes into why that is and how to achieve it. So the next quote, she is both friend and mother to all those who have lost their way. All those who need a learning. R- all those who have a riddle to solve all those out in the forest or the desert wandering and searching. So the wild woman is both friend and mother to all those who have lost their way. And that I think is important because why Why is it important to understand her as a relationship to those who have lost their way. She's described as a friend and a mother. Why why is that significant?
0: I viewed that and took away with um, thinking of the Bible again, how he talks of unconditional love, and, and even then Star Wars with the force that there's this energy that's constant. So it's always present. And that's what she is, that she can. you can never be fully detached from her. You can be blocked off from her, and you can do that through your diet. You can do that through drugs like birth control, um, which literally shuts off the communication from your reproductive system to your brain. So it shuts off the intuition. But you can never fully detach and be cut off unless you are dead. Because this energy is always present. You can't be dead and alive. You're either dead and no connection or you're alive and you have the hope of having connection.
1: So connecting to her, connecting to the wild woman as a friend and as a mother, which to me means that how do you treat your friends and um but also she's she's not just a friend she's friend and mother she's not just a mother she's also a friend so she she combines those two powerful relationships and a mother is someone usually who's um more, hopefully more wise than you and more experienced and a friend is someone that you can lean on and turn to in times of need emotional support processing help helping you process your problems whatever whatever you're trying to work out in your life usually you go to your friends for advice but you also go to your mother for her experience So it seems to me that uh, she is both a friend and mother to all those who have lost their way, all those who need a learning, all those who have a riddle to solve, all those out in the forest or the desert wandering and searching. So what that to me means that this, the, the book goes into not only, okay, what is a healthy woman, but also what is your relationship to the wild woman and when do you need her when you're lost when you have a riddle when you're out in the forest or the desert wandering and searching so th- when you're when you find yourself lost this is who you turn to this is the this is the place i
0: guess and i think by her saying that the person you turn to is the wild woman, that it's saying to turn inward instead of outward.
1: So in the first two quotes we have, we've defined a healthy woman and we've also defined um, a relationship to the wild woman. Um, and the wild woman is what this whole book is about. So the wild woman is going to be defined throughout the, the rest of the, the stories and the rest of the analysis. Um, that's the whole point of the book. So by the end of the book, you should be able to understand what a healthy woman is, what she looks like. But more importantly, you'll be able to identify who the wild woman is and, and where she is inside you so that you can connect to that. So by the end of it, you should have a better intuition and you should have a better, more of like a compass so that you're not lost out in the sauce, lost in the sauce. And um, uh, describing her as a friend and a mother also implies there's a relationship to her that means you're going to return. You're going to be, it's not something that you just read once. It's something that you return to as a mother. You would re- keep returning to her for advice. You would keep looking at these stories. You would keep um, coming back to this to help um, with whatever wherever you're lost at the time, whatever riddle you're facing at the time. You're going to have a lot of riddles. You're going to have a lot of times when you're lost.
0: And that's why I saw the opportunity to create this podcast is that this book is 465 pages with over a dozen stories. So you don't have, if you've already read it, that's a lot of data to just be able to pull up and out from all the files. So by condensing it and then talking about it so that you have deeper neural pathways about the subject in that scope, then you'll have a better chance of learning it and actually understanding it, and as will I by teaching it, and as will you by just teaching it. So even though you haven't read the book, but reading the stories and reading the quotes and your unbiased perspective with only understanding her intentions and the, the themes and the goal of the book is a perspective that will help us learn how to use this book And what she's communicating through her writing.
1: So it sounds like we will continue on just a little bit um, and finish the introduction. So because her cycles change, her symbolic representations change, but in the essence, she does not change. She is what she is and she is whole. That's the element of chaos. This is why she's feminine, because she's a paradox. Her cycles change. Her symbolic representations change. But in essence, she does not change. She is what she is, and she is whole. It is interesting to say that she's this ever-changing being, but also never changes. <laughs> and um, so I think it's always a challenge to take something that like that, that's an ancient paradox, and then see how it can apply to the times we're in, in a pragmatic way to help, to help our own growth, and to use this, um, use this confrontation, or not, I guess not a confrontation, use this collaboration to confront the chaos of this wild woman who is very um, almost hidden in our culture for some reason. So it's not it's it's something that had to come from a book and it wasn't really if it was obvious in our culture we wouldn't need we wouldn't need this book. We wouldn't need to be talking about it. So it's something that is a paradox. It's hard to it's hard to examine. Because she's always changing, her cycles change, her symbolic representations change. You have to think on an abstract level. And you have to be able to understand what the wild woman is on multiple different levels so that you of abstraction, so that you understand how to listen to her and how to put together the intuition, basically. So the first one is the first quote is defining a healthy woman the second quote is defining the relationship of the relationship to the wild woman as a friend and mother and then the third quote is introducing the fact that she's a paradox she's ever-changing but she's also what she is and she is whole so with those three frameworks, we can um, continue to the fourth, which is from the viewpoint of archetypal psychology as well as in ancient traditions, she is the female soul, yet she is more. She is the source of the feminine. People may ask for evidence, for proof of her existence. They are essentially asking for proof of the psyche Since we are the psyche, we are also the evidence. Our existence parallels hers. She's the source of the feminine, which is really interesting. Um, And also a very deep uh, abstraction. The source of the feminine, which is why it takes the whole book (laughs) and all these stories to really understand the whole concept, um, because you have to get so many different angles on what it means, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to go into all the stories in the book and contemplate these questions, contemplate what is the, what is the ideal healthy woman? What's the relationship? What's the appropriate relationship you should have to the wild woman? What is the wild woman? Um, what is the source of the feminine? And how can all these representations of her and symbols and different cycles of the wild woman be understood and, um, and seen inside and out? So that pretty much wraps up the introduction. Those are the kind of questions that these quotes have um, provoked. And we want to answer these questions as we go on. We want to really dig deep into these topics. So right now, I think, um, p- yeah, part of the introduction, should uh, Rachel's brought up, um, this, this should probably help give us a better orientation of who she is. What are other names she goes by? The innate, the basic nature of woman. You can call it the indigenous, the intrinsic nature of woman. In various psychologies and from various perspectives, it would perhaps be called the id, the self, the medial nature. In biology, it would be called the typical or fundamental nature, the wise or knowing nature.
0: And the point of sharing all these different quotes are that they will trigger different connections and neural pathways to understand this huge, broad concept. So the more data points I can give you that are phrased in different ways, in different perspectives, then you can see a better picture of the entire vision and and story that's going on here and the patterns at work and the system.
1: Yeah, I think it would be important to um, maybe define a few words in the way we, we use them. For one, I think intuition is important to define. The way I have thought of intuition as being, you know, going from uh, classical ballet training is probably when I first developed my first um, connection to intuition And that was a body, an intuition of my body. Um, And I think what intuition is, is enough data points, enough inputs, that you can start to see a pattern or feel a pattern. And then once you start to feel these patterns, you can predict them. And then you can start to shape and predict your future. So... By really digging into this book and analyzing the patterns that you've seen, and pulling out these quotes and providing more uh, patterns to be analyzed, and 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 doing recursive thinking, that's how you build up an intuition. Is with lots of reference points, lots of experience with the same topic. When I when I was taking classical ballet. I did the same exercises over and over and over again. We did the same rituals. We did the same movements. And so then you're able to predict, you're able to understand, ah, that's what that feels like. This is how it feels to balance. This is how it feels to have a rhythm. And, and, but you have to expose yourself to those patterns repeatedly to then develop that intuition. So intuition for us is going to be reflecting on this work not just reading the book once and then putting it away and thinking that somehow you developed something. You you kind of did, but if you really want to build a deep connection to the wild woman, and if you want to cultivate the wild woman, I like how you use that word. Um, if, you, if you want to cultivate the wild woman, to me that implies that it's going to be something you repeatedly return to and that you Repeatedly expose yourself to examples of the wild woman and the words and patterns that have been pulled out by Clarissa Pinkola Estes and then by you to understand and see it and expose yourself to it over and over and over again until you can start to notice those patterns in other places. To me, that's when you've developed the intuition is when you can you've understood the concept so well that now you can start recognizing it in your life. You can start recognizing it in other people. You can start using these concepts to understand the world around you and actually use them pragmatically in your own life to make it better or healthier, whatever your goals are. To have a strong intuition, basically. So it's it's kind of intuition exercise. (laughs) Build up your intuition through repeatedly exposing yourself to the patterns um, that that allow you to predict and um, allow you to almost it's almost like developing another sensory perception. Because you're not using logic, you're not using analytic power. you're not using your prefrontal cortex to examine something and understand what it is, you have a ton of patterns that you've developed and that so that are stored, that you've stored deeply in your mind because you've practiced them to the point where now you can instantly recognize the pattern when you see it again. And I think that's the real key, is that you should keep... Coming back to these words, coming back to these ideas, coming back to these questions until you have internalized them. And that would be how you develop an intuition. What can we gain by using her intuition? When women reassert their relationship with the wildish nature, they are gifted with a permanent and internal watcher, a knower, a visionary, an oracle, an inspiratrice, an intuitive, a maker, a creator an inventor, and a listener who guide, suggest, and urge vibrant life in the inner and outer worlds. When women are close to this nature, the fact of the relationship glows through them. This wild teacher, wild mother, wild mentor, supports their inner and outer lives no matter what. So that seems to be the real purpose of this book. Um, is to help women reassert their relationship with the wildish nature inside of them if you were to sum it up in one sense it's that that's why we're here because once you do that you get all these benefits
0: And I think another benefit is that you can learn how to best fight entropy and you by doing... By getting that and achieving that, you are feeding the soul. So anytime we feed the soul, it guarantees increase. And that was a quote she had a few pages later. And I thought that those two went together because by using her intuition, we can predict the patterns that we can see in the future. On Is this wise to be hanging out with these people or to be thinking this kind of thought pattern? And being able to like be present with yourself and see, is this intuition talking or is this the bitch talking or is this the good Samaritan or is this the sad boy? And understanding who's at your table putting out hormones to communicate to you and using your understanding of her intuition to better hear what she's saying and not get confused by what the devil tries to get you to hear and and elude and uh, what is that called contort into a different message. So this book is a very, very clear, this is her message, this is what she'll say, this is what it sounds like, these are the intentions behind it. So it's a clear roadmap, like you were saying, to the intuitive self, so that you're not getting caught up in the egos Perfectionism and idealism of what it could be in the world, and that that's a whole different creature and archetype that you're dealing with, and that this specific archetype is looks like this, and this is how you identify it, and this is how you can work with it.
1: So, that's really interesting that you're touching on the kind of the idea of the psyche as a collection of personalities that are, um, and this was the obviously in the origins of, of psychology with Nietzsche and Freud and, and Carl Jung and Clarissa Pinkola Estes is a Jungian psychologist. And so it's definitely from this perspective that there are these archetypes inside you that are manifestations of your drives your biology your ancestors evolved in different environments and so they evolved different drives that are still present in you they're still left over Um, they were so powerful like your sex drive for example your sex drive is more way more ancient than your ability to use reason and logic let's say so it's
0: And that's where she hormonally lives, is in your sacral chakra, not your root chakra, your sacral, because that's like right below your belly button. And that's where the hormones would affect the connection between your reproductive organs and your brain and cut off the intuition. And so that's why it's really important to understand why as a culture we need to be attached and we need to be grounded, but then... If you're grounded, you have to have a value system. So, your sacral is your value system. What is going to make you survive and thrive, and actually be able to fight entropy and be able to have children and spread your DNA to the next generation? Because that's the goal and that's the hope. Because that's your programming, so that we will survive, yeah,
1: so that we can continue the experiment of consciousness in the universe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think what we've touched on so far is kind of an overview of what the what a healthy woman looks like what a healthy wolf looks like how they both share those traits and i think it's really important to understand that it's it's the wolf the wolf is a mammal the wolf is biology so if we can understand and see the health and well-being in a, in a mother wolf, we can understand and see the health and well-being in a mother human and understand that they were, were not very far from other forms of life. We evolved, we have we share a common ancestor, and so a lot of the same drives in a wolf are driven in women as well.
0: And I was reading today in a book about and there was a fact about dna they explained that it's like you have 5% difference in dna compared to like a chimp or something like that but that 5% is equal 3% is equal to like 16 trillion different result like base pairs some effects a huge, huge amount of time then that has gone on to create a 3%, 5% difference. So you can't, got to understand the gravity and the vastness of where we're at as a society and a culture that we have, we're at the point where we have technology, we're at the, at a crucial point in history where we have the internet and we went out of the dark ages and now we are full on cyborgs with our iphones and our vr goggles
1: and that's why i think we it's this book is so important because it's a it's a reminder to women it's a reminder to men That women are biological creatures. They are not some robot. They are not some um, ideal, perfect, uh, like programmed computer thing that you want to perfect. They're a biology. They're ancient. You are ancient. You're an ancient being. The wisdom that's in your DNA evolved over millions of years. And went through trials and errors, every single one of your ancestors, every single female, every single mother, all the way down, great-grandmother, great-great-great, all of them had to reproduce successfully to get you here. So you've been on a journey for so long, it's almost incalculable (laughs) from the original stars to the formation of the earth and then the the abundance of and, and creation of life from the primordial waters.
0: That reminds me of the video you showed me of human face developing over time, which we should put in the show notes, because that would be a cool... If if you need a better understanding of that and what it looks like, then just watch the video about the face changing.
1: Yeah, I think the perspective of understanding what you are. Self-knowledge is incredibly important before you even approach these deep uh, connections. Like you need to understand, look, you're an ancient biological being. You have drives, you have motivations, you have desires that were passed down to you that you didn't design, you didn't create them, you don't understand them. Most of our choices we don't understand until we reflect and become aware. And that's what this book will help you do, that's what it helped you do, and that's what it helps anyone who read it, because um, that was her whole purpose as a clinical psychologist, is to help people understand and and understand themselves. So this is a journey inward, it's not going to be outward, it's not going to be leading you to... um, going on some march or some rally or something with signs it's probably going to be more meditative more inward and it's going to be focusing on the your inner relationship and cultivating that intuition cultivating that relationship with the wild woman and to understand what she's like to have it's also important to understand what it, what life looks like without her so That'll give us another reference point. Um, what does life look without her, the wild woman? The comprehension of this old woman nature is not a religion, but a practice. It is a psycholo- psychology in its truest sense, logos, a knowing of the soul. Without her, women are without ears to hear her soul talk or to register the chiming of their own inner rhythms. Without her, women's inner eyes are closed by some shadowy hand, and large parts of their days are spent in semi-paralyzing in you, or else wishful thinking. Without her, women lose the sureness of their soul footing. Without her, they forget why they're here, They hold on when they would best hold out. Without her, they take too much or too little or nothing at all. Without her, they are silent when they are in fact on fire. She is their regulator. She is their soulful heart. The same as the human heart that regulates the physical body. So, to me, that, that, uh, that's a lot. That's, that's not, it's not a small thing. It's not a small thing to have missing. It's, if you miss the heart of your body, you will die. If you miss the heart for your soul, your soul will die. And when your soul dies, you, to me, the soul and the psyche and the spirit of life is what keeps you here, keeps you wanting to live, keeps you appreciating that you're, you're existent, that you get to exist. And when your soul is disconnected and you, you're you constantly making all these mistakes because you're not connected to your intuition, you're going to find life, the struggle in life so overwhelming that maybe you don't even find it worth it. Maybe you start having thoughts of suicide because you have no ability to handle these conflicts these internal conflicts these where she says basically uh without her they take too much or too little or nothing at all so it's like this it's you make a lot of mistakes you you choose the wrong thing at the wrong time and so you're not able to uh calculate properly to continue being healthy, to continue solving problems with your relationship, continue to solve problems with your work that you want to do. You know what I mean? You don't get access to all those, all the knowledge that it takes to interact with this really complex universe, especially at this time when it's so complex. There's so much technology, there's so much data, there's so much that can overwhelm you if you're not grounded, if you don't have your intuition. To guide you then there's a ton of basically pitfalls that you're going to be stumbling into
0: and that reminds me of um the id ego super ego in the ethos pathos and logos and the power of three and the pattern i keep seeing there that your intuition is your spirit and then your body is like your your hunger hormones and your thirsty hormones and those kinds of basic animalistic qualities. And then the mind is the more of the knowledge and novelty that you need to be able to see and like um, consume, whether that be like a book or a movie music or a plethora of other things. But I think they're just pointing out that it's a power of three, And your intuition, you can't just take that out. It's not a duality. Just have the superego and the ego together. Because the superego is the moderator. And the intuition is the id. It's the one who knows. And it's a deep intuition.
1: It's basically just um, the... I mean, fundamentally how it works in the brain with what we know of modern neuroscience is that your id or your intuition or the one who knows inside you is this pattern recognition capacity of the prefrontal cortex and the neocortex in general. The neocortex is a pattern recognizer. Um, and the more you categorize and the more patterns that you uh, study in detail, the stronger your it, the stronger your intuition, the stronger your the wild woman. The wild woman is just understanding all of her patterns that she is made of, so that when you're in the environment and you get stimulus from the environment, someone says something to you. That's a form of stimulus, that's audio, that's gonna go into your ear, and it's gonna your brain's gonna process it and then compare it to all the other patterns that you've seen or heard before. And if you're if you haven't spent enough time with your wild woman patterns, then you won't have a reference point for the knowledge that's coming in.
0: And I've seen a scarcity personally in the intuition sector that in our educational system it's very super ego driven where it's grammar and rules and like the way you're supposed to do a bubble test and it's not about creative free thinkers and your sacral again is about creativity so they take too much of your brain's energy and space up and the superego and then our culture is also very ego driven right now because we have with technology solving a lot of our problems we get new psychological problems but we also get a bunch of products so it's like this vicious cycle of like we have an abundance and it's kind of analysis paralysis for the ego to choose what we need to be satiated So there's lots of disharmony going on right now, just because it's a time of change and transition and chaos. So that's why we're using the intuition and the wild woman to regroup and recenter, and and we see that that's where a possible weakness could be in, in our culture, that we're missing religion and myths and stories, and... This book holds the fundamentals that women need to understand so that they can make an objective decision on whether or not they want to be on birth control. Because have I read this book before, I don't know I would have made that choice. Now knowing what I do know about the intuition and the wild woman and why she's important and why I personally wouldn't cut her off from communication with me through hormonal biochemical changing so keeping her sacred is important and understanding what you lose when you don't have this kind of intuition around
1: yeah and that makes a lot of sense um in terms of with when when you have um of an environment that's chaotic, right? So let's say the wolf the wolf w- the wolf hunts. The wolf hunts as a pack though. So there's a lot of variables that a wolf has to handle. Wolves are social creatures. They have hierarchies. They have relationships they need to develop. They have friendships. They have all these types of um points in their life where they need to make decisions. And Anytime you have variables that you need to incorporate to make a decision, you can only handle so much processing at once. And so by reading this book and studying it, and by listening to this podcast and by creating this podcast, what we're doing is repeatedly exposing ourselves to the ideas and patterns that make up the wild woman, that... The wild woman is called this, she's given this title, but really she's a bunch of ideas for life. And so when you're, when you have to make a bunch of decisions and women nowadays have to make more decisions now than ever in history, you have to decide what to wear. You have to decide where to what to do with your life, where to go to school, who to date, all these things that there's so many options, there's so much data, there's so much, there's Instagram, there's social media platforms. What do you do? What, what, like, where do you spend your time? Like you can do whatever you want basically, but also you can't, so you're limited. So what are your limitations? Like it's overwhelming. And if you don't have an intuition, if you don't have a connection that can give you shortcuts to those answers, then you're going to be drowning all the time in choices. You're going to constantly be trying to use your logic and your your prefrontal cortex to answer every new thing that pops up and you don't you cuz you haven't built a deep mechanism a deep intuition that answers those questions for you without logic.
0: And I think a great example of how you can see in our culture this effect is a bunch of people that went to college. Their super ego said, "Yeah, it's the logical thing to do. You'll make money. You'll come out on the other side. You'll have a little debt, but we can pay it off because we have a job that gets you money." Well, way too many people went with that logic, and then you ended up with like an abundance of people who just thought the same thing and weren't using their intuition. On is that the is that for my highest self though? If I were to go there. Is that really the best place that I can become an artist or I can become the next Bill Gates? Is that how you're going to do it? And usually it might take you to go to college to figure out that it's not there. Um, And then you go out in the world and you get experiences that give you insight into the things you want to handle and that you can handle and things you can't handle and you won't handle well at all and that you won't understand and you will fully deny And what are the stuff you're willing to accept and embrace and change with?
1: We've gone over defining a healthy woman. We've gone over defining uh, what type of relationship you're going to have with the wild woman. We've gone over what the wild woman is, at least at a on a simple level, she's the the feminine, the source of the feminine, she's the feminine intuition. Um we've gone over the the approach that's going to be taken, which is a psychological perspective, a Jungian psychological perspective, a biological perspective, a scientific perspective, an evolutionary psychology perspective we've talked about, um, what an intuition is, or at least what we kind of think it is right now based off, off, of, um, modern neuroscience. And we've talked about, um, why it's important to read this book, why it's important to talk about this book, how it's relevant to modern times or, uh, contemporary issues and contemporary lifestyle. Um, we've identified some things that we think are missing in our culture that this book can fix at the level of the individual. And um, we've also kind of gone over a little bit about the soul. I think all of these concepts that I just talked about are going to be gone very deeply into, drilled deeply into. That's what the whole book is about, and that's what this whole podcast is about is about drilling in and going deep on these concepts and not just bouncing along and thinking we're done here. This is just the start and orientation of kind of what what these concepts are, so it'd probably be good to get feedback on these concepts or these ideas or the definitions of what what you ladies think, <laughs> whoever's out there. I think it's important to get feedback on um, all the concepts we've talked about, but those are the concepts that are going to get, to get opened up further. And we're going to spend more time studying these concepts and trying to relate them to um, issues and lifestyle decisions that are being made today and, and apply this wisdom pragmatically to the modern human. So it should be provoking, a lot of questions should be provoking a lot of um, curiosity and ideas to explore these concepts further to understand how they can be used and comprehended to influence how you behave, influence how you make decisions, influence how your ha- the quality of your habits. That's what all the purpose of reading this book, listening to this podcast is all in, in an attempt to take action in life and, and to actually put the wisdom into use on a daily basis. It means to establish territory, to find one's pack, to be in one's body with certainty and pride, regardless of the body's gifts and limitations, to speak and act in one's behalf, to be aware, alert to draw on the innate feminine powers of intuition and sensing to come into one's cycles to find what one belongs to to rise with dignity to retain as much consciousness as possible
0: and with putting the wild woman intuition into practice it's important I found it important to understand that she's both a vehicle and a destination that it's not just a oh it's a goal to be happy that that's not some far out dream that you're going to get at 65 when you retire what can i actionably do today right now right here to on this journey to connect to that intuition and reach my potential highest self and the transcendent
1: So to use the wisdom, I would say that uh, we could answer that question right now, which is buy the book, um, support Clarissa Piccola Estes and her work, and then listen to the podcast because we're going to take our time with it and be almost like a companion on the journey, um, bouncing our ideas off each other and getting not just the feminine perspective but also the masculine perspective on these ideas and um so you can and by by listening to the podcast and then um asking yourself the same questions and trying to answer them yourself in your own words that's how you build the strongest intuition that's how you really root these concepts that are kind of abstract in your own life, in your own way. So you can do that today. You can get the book and start reading it and going over it yourself and seeing and reflecting upon it. And that's what we're doing. And that's what, how I think the knowledge, it, it, that's why it's useful and valuable to do this. That's, that's the only reason I agreed to, to be on this podcast is because of how much value I've seen it add to our relationship, add to you, add to our lives, add to add to me, from whenever I've learned from you about what you've read. So I think li- listening to podcast to this podcast is a way to um, spend more time developing a stronger intuition with with um, more consciousness, uh, contemplating the same questions alongside you.
0: And I see this also leading back to the power of three is that we're talking about it and reflecting and analyzing and using our minds to understand what's going on and what patterns we see, what right or wrong doesn't matter. It's that you're you're dabbling in those concepts and, and mulling them over and thinking about them. And then also um, by reading the book, then your mind gets that understanding of the truths and the, the messages she's directly sending you, that your mind will read them. You won't necessarily save all of them. But again, that's why we reiterate through different different ways and triangulate something that will stick. And the third thing that will stick is the stories and the myths. And so that's what we're going to have on the next episode is chapter one and that We'll start off with uh, a story from that chapter to understand and then go into the reflection to understand how does that tie into everything and what does she mean.
1: So to end the podcast, we'll leave you with one last quote to contemplate until next time. Art is important. For art commemorates the seasons of the soul.